0: Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Tool. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. Today, we are talking with Ryan Allwert. He is an Emmy-nominated host of Central Indiana's popular lifestyle show, Indy Now, on Fox 59, and also an alumnus of the world-renowned vocal group, Straight No Chaser. As a Hoosier singer songwriter, he has shared the stage and studio with such artists as the Beach Boys, Barry Manilow, Shania Twain, John McLaughlin, Take Six and many more. Ryan has released 11 independent albums and performed on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, The Today Show, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon and historic stages across the world. He is also the host of the Presequential podcast that explores the life, legacy and little known facts of every American president. Hi, Ryan. I am so excited to talk with you today.
1: Hey, Angela. Thanks for having me. I am excited to talk to you.
0: Yes. So I would love if you could start by sharing your journey from being a member of the vocal group Straight No Chaser to (laughs) becoming the host of Indie Now on Fox 59.
1: Sure thing. Yeah, it's quite a journey. Um, Many times it felt like uh, over the past 20 years, it didn't really make sense. But I'm realizing that every single job and role uh, and chapter of my life it has led me to this opportunity. And so I'm super grateful for it. Um, yeah. So I made Straight No Chaser as a senior in high school. Um, okay, wow. My sister was uh, three years ahead of me at IU. She saw the original guys singing at her sorority. And my mom brought home a CD from one of those dinners. And she said, hey, you would really like this group and just fell in love with the music. And um, had reached out to them for some sheet music. And they said, hey, if you are coming to IU in the fall, you should audition for the group because we're having for the first time our um, our first round of auditions for new members because we want to leave this as a legacy group on campus. Mm. And so I went down there. um, My best friend, Mike, uh, from choir and I uh, got in. And so we were like 17 and 18, like our final semester of high school was basically getting us ready uh, to go to IU. So like we would go to school during the day, (laughs) drive, uh, we would have musical rehearsal. And then three days a week, we would drive down to Bloomington, rehearse with the guys and drive home and then repeat, you know, like wake up at six the next day for high school. So
0: wow. For those who don't know, it's about an hour and a half each way.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm amazed that our parents let us do it, but uh, <laughs> so that was basically, I, you know, I sang for fun, um, I sang for free food, uh, I sang to meet girls, uh, and I never, <laughs> I never studied music, I you know, IU has a world-renowned music school, but yeah. uh, my sister encouraged me to check out the Kelly School of Business and got my degree in marketing And um, over that course of that time, I met my wife, Lauren, who sang in the women's vocal group on campus called Ladies First. And so both groups were sponsored by the IU Alumni Association. Everybody was friends. You know, we were always around each other singing at campus events and all that. And so graduated in 03, um, saw the world singing on some cruise ships for about two years, which was really fun.
0: That's awesome. We might have to talk about some stories there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a paid vacation really for for about two years. Music was always a thread, though, like whether I was, you know, in advertising sales for a hot couple of years, you know, in, oh, really? in my mid 20s to teaching guitar and voice lessons, you know, I got the call that Straight No Chaser was getting signed to Atlantic Records when Lauren and I were about three months into our marriage. So this was about like 2007, 2008.
0: And you are still part of the group, right? Uh,
1: well, no. So we had all graduated oh, okay. and kind of like left it in the hands of you know new members. And okay. one of the original guys had posted footage of the group performing in college back in like 1998. I wasn't even in the group at that point. Um, he had posted it on this little site called YouTube. And uh, it just kept getting views and views and views. And basically, one of the people who saw the video, it was a, of a really clever arrangement of a bunch of Christmas carols mashed onto each other. It's called The 12 Days of Christmas.
0: I feel like I've seen that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's got Toto's Africa in it. It's just like this uh-huh. wild arrangement. Well, the wife of the chairman of Atlantic Records got in her husband's ear and said, hey, you should, you should listen to these guys, you know. So he reached out. Uh, long story short, we got signed to Atlantic. Um, and that then launched a five-year chapter for me, literally being a professional, you know, singer, uh, right out of the gate, uh, out of my marriage. And so saw the world, um, recorded all over, got to sing and and tour and sell out venues and work our butts off, getting it off the ground. Um, it was around the time that like the voice and the sing-off were really starting to take off. Right, right you know, Pentatonix was like winning that competition. And so like, is this real resurgence of interest in vocal music? Anyway, did that, Lauren and I wanted to start a family. We knew that we didn't want to raise uh, kids apart. And Mm -hmm. so I was really looking for an exit ramp and I found one with uh, an organization called Young Life that Lauren and I had volunteered with when we were engaged and loved the ministry. It's an outreach ministry for high school kids all over the world. Uh And, um, you know, they, they were looking for, they had everything in place that it needs to succeed except a staff person and, uh, found out about the opportunity through a friend and, uh, we jumped. And so I think I might be the only person on the earth to go from professional acapella singer to like professional (laughs) youth ministry guy. (laughs) Um, but it, it was really cool because it was in my hometown of Fishers, Indiana. Um, it was at my old high school, Um, so it was an amazing way to come back home, but it was a real, um, like it it was a big adjustment. It took me about three solid years to really feel like I was in this new role. And like my feet were solid on the ground because Mm -hmm. my head was just spinning, you know, and I'd gone from being on the road for eight, nine months out of the year to now being home all the time. And so it was this big adjustment for, for me and Lauren and, um, but it was a good one and it was totally worthwhile. Now around that time, I was falling into voiceover work. Um, I was always doing music performing, um, you know, whether it was solo acoustic gigs or recording my own music. Um, Lauren and I have been singing in a 90s cover band called Mixtape since about 2018 around that.
0: That's (laughs) awesome.
1: Yeah. And so music for for both of us has always been this just great creative outlet, but it was also a great you know income stream for our family. And um, I was really active in voiceover and music around that time. And my friend Brandy Price, um, who (laughs) this is a really cool story about how I got to Fox 59. So Brandy Price is awesome. She is a uh, style and beauty and branding expert. She does, She wears a lot of different hats. Yeah. And our daughters were in the same preschool together. And, you know, we would see each other at pickup and all that. Right. But she got me in the door at another uh, news station here in Indy to help with some of their younger on-air talent to help with like just communication skills in front of a camera. You know, mm-hmm. like I had been on stages for my entire life and just you know was, was there to help them out? Like, hey, you sound a little different when you're in the voiceover booth as opposed to when you're on camera. Let's work on that. Right. And so, you know, that was kind of my first step into TV. Um, I wasn't doing anything on air, um, but I did that over the pandemic, kind of remotely, you know, working with with clients there. And um, okay. Brandy heard through the grapevine that Fox 59 was building up a lifestyle show. And so she encouraged me, she said, Hey, you really need to submit your, you know, your information into this, uh, into this, um, you throw your, throw your hat in the ring here for this, because it's got you written all over it. And so I did, I show up, I I basically had one interview. I then met the producer, Kerrigan Arnold. Um, I got, you know, through that interview and then I got a screen test with, uh, Jillian Dean, Uh is my co-host and she's amazing. And so for her, it was like a homecoming. Like she had been on Fox 59 as a reporter and an anchor for a yes, long yes. time. And so she's, you know, meeting everybody, you know, again, and I'm meeting them for the first time. And literally we met at our screen test. And so, um, and that's been almost two years ago. And so it really was that lightning in a bottle experience for both of us because just the dynamic and the chemistry and the ability to kind of take, you know, Hey, if she's going to throw me something, I'll catch it and I'll throw it back.
0: Yes, Um, you guys are great at that. (laughs) Thank
1: you. And she's such a seasoned veteran professional journalist, um, you know, and I've got like, and, and she does have onstage performance as well from her dance days and all that, but it's just this really cool blend of, um, her having the roots at the station, both of us having roots in central Indiana. I mean, I've, I've called Fisher's home since 92, basically she went to Butler. So Uh both love the community, but we didn't know each other from Adam, you know, getting into this role and it just, it just took off, but yeah, it's been amazing. And so what I've learned looking back is that even in the first grade, you know, being on stage in elementary school, or making up silly voices to entertain my family on road trips as a kid, or being in show choir and learning from an amazing choir teacher, or, you know, selling out uh, venues across the world with Straight No Chaser, writing my own music, being in studios, being around other artists, um, co-hosting a radio show for a while, starting a podcast, like doing all this voice work. I I was getting reps for things that I didn't really know was to come. And I think that's what I would encourage like maybe younger people or, or other people who are like trying to figure out like what's the next step to take is look look back. I, I love nostalgia, like I love looking back. I am uh-huh. a really guy. And I know other people are like looking a mile into the future. I just right. um, I just love looking back. It's just who I am. And it's it's in those moments where it felt chaotic, it really was me being primed for the next chapter. I just wasn't ready yet. I just had to develop certain skills set, set my mind to it and learned a lot and failed a lot. (laughs) And and just kind of was saying yes to this opportunity. And it's been amazing ever since. And you never thought um,
0: you'd be a TV host.
1: No. And people are like, how long (laughs) have you been doing TV? And I'm like, well, you know, anytime Straight No Chaser was doing, you know, local TV, or we had Uh a couple we had a couple PBS national specials. We were on the today show. Anytime the group needed like, uh, Hey, give me, give me someone vocal who can, you know, talk about what we're here in town for. Uh, I was one of probably like three or four guys that were like the main spokespeople for the group on, on TV shows and all that. And so I was used to being in front of the camera, but it's a totally different world, you know, performing for, you know, a house full of people at a venue, um, then is totally different than being on set where maybe there's, you know, 10 guests at any time. Uh, you know, you've got crew, you have a producer yeah. in your ear, you've got a co-host, you have a prompter, you got about five different cameras and, yeah. and you you're know, live. Yeah. And you're live. And so the live element is, is really the cohesive, uh, factor from, from my old days of performing on stage. With right. there? Um, but I think I've just learned lately, you know, fairly recently just to like, Hey, just relax. It's live TV. It's live local. It's fun. It's positive. It's laid back. It's casual. If something happens, just, you know, just embrace it. Um, my, my high school choir teacher said, Hey, if you screw up on stage, don't let the audience know that you did, Mm -hmm. you know, like, don't do a face like, Oh, you know, I just messed (laughs) up or whatever, just go with it. And the thing about having a co-host like Jillian and great guests that we have and crew, like I play to the crew. If I can make the crew laugh, hopefully that the audience at home is feeling like they're on set with us. You know, that's what we've heard a lot from our viewers is, um, you know, you guys seem like you have such a fun dynamic and it's a hundred percent sincere. Like we strive Jillian and I, we strive to be the same people on camera who we are off camera. Yeah. There's even moments. through. Oh, thanks. It's, it's a joy to be able to do it alongside each other. And, you know, there are days where she'll be out in the field on a live shot or vice versa, or we'll have a guest co-host. And it's, it's just a little bit bit of added pressure to feel like Hey, <laughs> right. you know this is different it's okay the show must go on right
0: um, right but we
1: we've, we've both been very spoiled i think to have this experience you know presented for us and to be able to walk into it so we're super grateful um we're just really excited that we get to do what we do but also we have to kind of like temper that excitement when we not when we walk through the newsroom because we know that like <laughs> there's some really heavy stuff that other yeah. you know colleagues of ours are dealing with and so we kind of yeah. we laugh that we're like the kids table of the station because we do get to have <laughs> so much fun um but uh we we know when to turn that off a little bit too
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah so what have been some of your favorite segments on the show
1: oh my gosh i mean as an artist i absolutely love the music segments um you know getting to bring uh some of my talented friends on the show or just discovering new talent um, that's that's like the lowest hanging fruit for me. It's just like, you know, oh my right. gosh, there's music or theater that's on the show. I absolutely love it. I love that we get to share the platform with up and coming artists or even like we've had literally like grade school junior high performers from like uh, places like Footlight Musicals or uh, Civic theater here in town, you know, where they've come on and they they may not realize it, but they're performing for multiple thousands of people you know? Um, and so I'm like, man, I wish that I had that opportunity when I was, you know, 16 years old right, uh, or younger, even in some of these performers cases, but those are really fun. Um, we, we both love to eat. Uh, we both, you know, there's, there's rarely a day goes by that we're not eating or drinking something on the show, whether it's, (laughs) coffee or an adult beverage or something. Um, but it's great. I think the joy that we find is that we're able to share the platform and help elevate local small business owners, local artists, local nonprofits, uh, local events that might not have the the bigger marketing budget that some of our other guests do. Right. Um, and mom and pop, you know, it's the backbone of the local economy and they have struggled so much through COVID and the pandemic. And it's really cool to see that progression of growth in some of yeah. our repeat guests, which makes us feel good at the end of the day. Like, man, we're, we're doing something helpful and we're having a great time while we do it.
0: Yes. I love that. And, you know, lifestyle shows like you do now are becoming very popular across the country at other local television stations. What were you surprised to learn as you entered that industry, as you went into, to it? Oh
1: man. You know, there's two sides to it. It's like the performance side, the entertainment side, the on-camera side, the, um, you know, we're just obsessed with the viewer benefit. Like what, what does this mean to the viewer? Let's do something as much as we can in every segment, whether it's about, you know, <laughs> the newest coffee shop or the newest fun martini bar to open up or a gutter company, like let's try make <laughs> this as engaging as possible for the viewer at home. You know, I've come to learn over the short time that I've been uh, working for our parent organization you know, that there's a lot of, you know, we, we care a lot about, uh, viewer benefit. There's a lot mm-hmm. of on the other side of ratings and revenue, you know, yeah. and that's just yeah. the nature of the industry. And I get that. So sometimes, you know, it is really cool that I've got the business and marketing degree and also just years of experience of essentially being my own product and being my own team for my self-employed life, right. uh, music and artistry and all that. So I can really, you know, from, and this is kind of what I was talking about before of leading that organization, leading the nonprofit, I can wear those hats at different times. Or if I'm talking to a nonprofit leader on the air, I'm asking them questions that I wish someone asked me when I was in their shoes running a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things, you know, but honestly, like so many of those decisions, Angela, are like way over our pay grade. And <laughs>
0: right?
1: So- at, at, you know, at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, we're like, hey, are we trying our best to put on not just the most um, informative and entertaining, but the most sincere and positive show that we can? And um, we really do. We, we've worked hard to really kind of create this persona of who is watching us at home. Um, what, you know, our, our demographic is largely female, 25 Mm -hmm. to 54 in central Indiana. And so we're constantly asking like, why would she care? What is going to make her, what's going to break through the noise of her morning and, um, inform her, um, positively delight her and keep her, um, engaged and what's also in it for her. So Uh there's totally a reason why it's not the Ryan and Jillian show. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like it's right. about, it's about central Indiana, like we just happen to be the hosts. And so we see it really from a servant leadership perspective of like, we're not just hosting a show, kind of keeping it on the rails on the air. Literally, when our guests show up in the green or in the in the from security, when they check in to security, when they check out, what is their experience like? Yeah. Um, so we're obsessed with guest experience and viewer experience.
0: Any advice to PR professionals as they pitch lifestyle shows like yours or oh, wow. or advice for the on-air guests or pet peeves?
1: Yeah. So for PR, I would say, watch the show, try to think about it from not just your client perspective, but the viewer perspective. Mm-hmm. If there's an overlap between, you know, who your client is trying to reach and the viewer at home, we can help you create a fun and engaging segment. And I shouldn't say not all segments are fun. Like we, we, you know, some, you have to go, Hey, this is a little bit heavier of a topic, but just, just yesterday we had, um, uh, a new local hospice, uh, service that's on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, we're talking about end of life care. How can we, you know, and that's where it's like, an immature, you know, entertainer, performer, on air personality might just try to make it, you know, oh, it's the same thing, just copy and paste. It's like, no, you have to match the um the emotional quotient of that guest, that topic for those four minutes. And you have to do it sincerely because right. people can read uh people can read through the smoke screen of fake.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so
1: if you can tug someone's heart piece as well, and you can say, What is my what's my connection to this? So when I go, okay, we got a hospice center on, okay, what was it like for me and my family when my grandfather was in hospice? Okay, cool. Let's try to pull from that a little bit and find that connection. And so from the PR perspective, I would say you're working with really creative people. Let us help you create an engaging segment. Like also just watch the show, like tighten up your first couple lines, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, And it's kind of selfish, but it's like, Hey, what do you know about the show before you dive into about the thing that you want us to consider? Like, tell us in a way that you know what we're doing, that we, that you've watched a segment or two ask a question. Like, how could we work together on this? As opposed to here's 90% information. And then, Mm, Hey, like, when could we book? Yeah. Um, I would also say brevity usually wins. Like we don't need 17 bullet points about your client. (laughs) Um, right because in the moment yeah in the moment it's like you got to distill this down to about four minutes and so um that's some advice I would give to the PR side of things um is just help us help you and and really think about the viewer benefit and also once it's booked it's not like we have about anywhere from 45 to 50 segments uh, a week now many of those are pre-recorded packages but the bulk of them are live and so you got to think like we're handling a lot from an administrative standpoint. Um, we're going to bend over backwards to make the experience great for your client, but help us help you where like the little things are the big things. And right. so the details when it's like, hey, arrive no later than 930 for the 10 a.m. live show. That's right. not because we're just, you know,
0: just, <laughs> just it, trying to get you there early. <laughs>
1: it's literally like it, it, this is a house of cards every day that we're yeah. on the, and something as simple as, hey, I'm caught in traffic and you're our first guest, our producers, which we only have two of, they're right. amazing. Abby, Abby Peavy and Kerrigan Arnold, like I will sing their praises all day, like yes. they work so much behind the scenes to make everything come off without a hitch. And, you know, they are flying but it. It's kind of like the little duck paddling upstream where it's like, oh, that duck is just gliding. It's like, well, that duck's feet are going a mile a minute right now. Then you just don't see it.
0: Right. They're just so good at it. And that's what the newsroom's like, too, you know, when they're producing oh a show. <laughs> it's moving well, uh, all of that around. And
1: I can tell you story after story of the times where I've seen like the veteran journalist anchors like get bits of information and it's like, hey, you're on in two and a half minutes. And right. They- right seeing them shift into that mode is mesmerizing to me. Now, Jillian's more used to it because she used to do that. Right. But, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And I'm asking them the same question that guests will ask us. Like, you guys make that look so easy. <laughs> you know, some of the, the highest compliments that we get from guests are um, nothing about ratings. It's nothing about, you know, the, sh- the show. It's your dynamic is so sincere that it puts us at ease. Like you made us calm. Oh, right. And- in a moment where you're, you're walking into a new environment with bright lights and tons of cameras oh, and, tons yeah. of people and tons of activity, you know, we sometimes look like we're just crazy because we're talking into the air, but really we're talking to our producer who's talking in our ear and the guests right. are kind of there <laughs> waiting to talk about their, you know, their product or their service. And so yeah. um, I would tell guests, I always tell guests this in the green room and we, we try to go out there every single day and, and meet guests before we we're, we're on air with them. Um, you know, just talk to us, just talk to us. Like, don't worry about what camera you're on. Don't worry about lights. Like just breathe, smile, be yourself and be the, yeah. actor. you know, be, teach us something, show us how to do something.
0: That's such great insight. And, you know, switching over a little bit to talking again about being an independent artist and member yeah. of Straight No Chaser, you've had the opportunity, and I said a little bit of this in the intro, but to perform and collaborate with numerous renowned artists like Shania Twain, Barry Manilow, the Beach Boys, John McLaughlin, and so many more. What are some of your most memorable experiences from that?
1: Man, that's a great question. Uh, yeah. I love being in the studio with Straight No Chaser. Now, granted, I love being on stage too. But someone asked me, you know, probably year four, maybe year three, when I was in a group out of five, they were like, Hey, what's, what's your ideal work scenario. And I was like, I could live in a recording studio all day long. (laughs) What I didn't realize is this new environment that I'm in was, you know, what I was being drawn to over there in that chapter and being led to was, is now what I get to do. It's like, Oh, you're on a Uh, TV. Yeah. Like I've literally, Angela, I've like done the math and I'm like, I have been behind hundreds of microphones, thousands of stages, Uh like under tons of lights and in front of multiple thousands of people. And sometimes even like if you you think about the the broadcast platform capability of being on a show like, you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon or Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, it's like literal millions of people. But my favorite part of being in the group and my favorite part, I think, of being in the show now is really the one-on-one connection that I get to have with my fellow entertainer, performers, personalities, whatever you want to call it, and our guests. Because, yeah. you know, there have been moments, one one really, really powerful moment for me on in Straight No Chaser was uh, we got to open for Barry Manilow several times and his management was our management at the time. And he invited us to be part of his concerts in London at the O2 Arena, which I think there's about 20,000 seats in there. Uh-huh. And we had played anything that big. Um, you know, we wow. were probably five to 7,000 seaters, you know, where based upon where we were. Yeah. But um, I just looked out and there was this sea of people just like you couldn't even fathom the scope of how many people were out there. Uh, you could see that, you know, the first orchestra section. OK, you can make eye contact with people but it was just this moment of this it was awe it was awe of just wow i get to be up here doing what i love to do with my my best friends and i get to get paid to do it and rubbing elbows with you know a world class legend
0: i love it and you, you know when you're talking about traveling the world i have to know if you have any favorite places or ones that surprised you
1: probably for like you know just picturesque scenery I would have to go back to my cruise ship days um I okay. absolutely love like British Columbia um mm. Vancouver area it's just unbelievable out there um Scandinavia was really cool like on the cruise ship days um you know Stockholm uh, Helsinki Copenhagen um I, I grew up in a military family so I traveled a lot as a kid and okay. I loved- I lived for three years in Newport, Rhode Island, and I'm a real sucker for New England. And so I love Boston, Massachusetts. Um, But honestly, like you, um, you couldn't pay me to go back to that lifestyle. Like people are like, hey, do you miss being in the group? And it's like, you know what? I miss the guys because I don't mm-hmm. think I always see him as much as I did. And when we do, we pick up right where we left off and say the same stupid jokes yeah. um, and share the <laughs> same stories, but I do not miss the lifestyle in this that, season, that time life, in
0: your life. Right. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's like for then it was great, but yeah. now, um, you know, our kids are soon to be nine and six and, uh, it's just, it's, it is a real blessing because I, so I, so was a, uh, kind of like vagabond migrant, you know, hopping all over, <laughs>
0: right.
1: you know, growing up. And now literally I live on the same street that I grew up on wow. and I have now put down roots for my kids that I didn't really have. I had very shallow roots. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to give them that gift and also to be able to put bread on the table, doing things that I'm really grateful for, really good at and getting yeah. better at. And You um, get, get paid to do that. Like what? Yeah.
0: This is real um, life right yeah
1: seriously <laughs> so it's just been such a joy and pro- honestly the best chapter of life uh is right now um, oh
0: that's amazing yeah what do you hope uh, is next for you
1: I-, I hope that the show continues to grow i hope that we can see and this would be kind of a creative challenge of like okay where do we go from central indiana do we go yeah. The entire state of indiana do we go beyond and go into the midwest do we go national how do we keep that local tie as we grow i think is one of our most uh you know probably the biggest challenge that we've got right now is just growth and I want our team to grow. I would love to see a handful more people to be brought onto our team and really specialize in certain areas that we can delegate to them to really drill down into those efficiencies and make the show even better. Yeah,
0: um,
1: I'd love us to to win an Emmy one day. Um, we were nominated this year, which was great. Um, we literally bought, lost to a bowl of noodles. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a it was a package that uh, it was a package that someone put together uh in like i think dayton ohio on like a new ramen restaurant and it was, it was like a pre-produced and edited package i'm like man we're a live show like that's kind of apples and oranges but like you know what Poor right. power to you ramen restaurant um yeah. <laughs> like the guy who won it Do wasn't that, even maybe to you bring I mean, your ego like,
0: oh, down right like make oh, sure dude, you don't was, you don't have a <laughs>
1: oh, oh my god it was so humbling it was so humbling and then it was just like okay uh we lost to a bowl of noodles all right great um <laughs> I think, you know, I'm continually releasing music. Um, Lauren and I, my wife, are working on a new stage show at a venue here in town called Feinstein's Mm -hmm. at Hotel Carmichael and Carmel. And um, there's always going to be that creative itch to be in front of an audience and perform and entertain and inspire and connect. And so for us, I think that's a new chapter for the two of us is really creating this show together as opposed to performing together. It's like, wow, we're really creating a show from scratch together to entertain and bring all the theater experience and improv experience and comedic experience that my wife has and musical yeah. experience and then blend it with what I've got. And it's kind of like, you know, one plus one equals three in this sense. Um, and so I'm excited to see where that goes. Um Beyond that I, I just you know I, one of my favorite writers said this and it just stuck to me one time he said the only time I'm really trying to be or the only place that I'm trying to be the most famous is within my own home
0: mm-hmm.
1: and as a dad that really really resonated with me of like I I want to be famous within my home to my kids uh to my wife to uh like that's the legacy I want to leave like great tons of thousands of people you know are plugged into the show every day that's fantastic but if here at home, that's not on lock, then nothing else matters.
0: Before we go, we need to talk really quickly about your podcast. You're also yeah. a podcast host among <laughs> all of the other things that I we know. talked about.
1: Yeah. So my friend Blaine um, and I started uh, right before, I think this was before the pandemic. Um, the idea came over pancakes at a local restaurant here in <laughs> and, and he had just seen Hamilton um, and he's okay. like, you know I think I'm going to read the book that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda to write the show. And then I think I want to give myself like three years to read a a biography of every president, you know, Washington to Trump.
0: um,
1: We had found a list of this like academic guy who had literally read every book possible on every president. And then he ranked and reviewed all of them. And so Blaine had found that list. And I was like, well, dude, let's just pull from his list and let's find something that we can read. And you know what, we should probably do a podcast if we're going to do all this reading. We did not (laughs) know what we were getting into. Like we read literally Angela, like 21,000 pages of presidential biographies. Wow. How Um, did you have
0: time for that? Yeah, I
1: I honestly don't know. Um, But the whole vibe was, you know, the guys on Mount Rushmore, the guys with the monuments and memorials, it's, you know, we, we know their names, we know maybe a couple things that they did, but uh, or or their legacy, but like, what about the guys that no one's really heard of, you know, or maybe some of the, the lesser knowns that still did something that is in practice today or inspired something that happened today. And so for me, um, soaking up all that knowledge and then being able to share it through the podcast or just conversations with fellow history nerds, it's really cool to be able to kind of learn the stuff that we didn't really have time to learn about in school yeah, um, and share that. And so the whole vibe is uh, we, we discuss the lives, legacies and little known facts about every American president. And during each episode, we drink a cocktail that that specific president really liked. I love Um, that. So that was kind of a fun little creative, you know, spin on it. But, and it's just three, you know, Blaine, myself and our producer, Russ, and our friend Russ, who, um, he read one book on vice presidents. And so he was like the vice presidential expert. He read one book. We. (laughs) read 40 plus, but, um, (laughs) it's just fun. It's just three friends talking and and laughing and making each other laugh and then being really nerdy. It's it's great. It's uh, we're, we're still, we've gone through all the presidents minus Trump and Biden, but, uh, we're now doing episodes where each of us brings a kind of America adjacent historical story, uh, figure or an event. Uh, and the other two guys don't know what they're hearing the story for the first time. And so it's kind of like a round robin, you know, who, who can top the the craziest, wildest, most intriguing story. Um, and we still do have the cocktails, which is fun, but uh, yeah. So it's called the presidential podcast. It's, you know, up on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your stuff.
0: Yes. We'll link to it in our show notes as well. Thank you. Yeah. So how can listeners connect with you online?
1: Yeah. So I'm at Ryan songs uh, on everything. Instagram. I spent a lot of time on there. Twitter. I used to not so much uh
0: facebook
1: and threads uh, I, I just signed up for threads like two <laughs> days ago <laughs>
0: um
1: you can find all my music uh through ryan or uh ryan songs is a lot easier than my last name it's a very german last name so uh it's a lot easier to spell but um if you just go to RyanSongs.com, all my music is there you can find it on all the streaming platforms and buy some merch, whatever you want to do. I am working on a new album with my producer here in town. Okay. Don't have a release date on it. Don't even have a name for the album, but right now I'm just writing and recording and um, yeah, it's, it's going to be out eventually.
0: <laughs> we'll be watching. Thank you cool. so much, Ryan.
1: Yeah, Angela, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much
0: that's all for this episode of Media and Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.